Radio shouting. Really, me and Squeaky now going back and forth at each other. They were dissing us, we were dissing them. You know, we see each other, we thumping, jacking, whatever happened, it's happening, it's going down. Whenever we see each other, it's going down right then. Yeah. So that what built us up in Memphis. Like, man, these niggas really into it. I cut up the station. It's about that time for Fila. Most likely he a small fry if he was stamped by Beehive. It's one in one station only. They got the streets on fire. So please do not touch the dial. Cut with film and go live. Yeah, yeah, you know we live from 285, man. And of course, you know it's your boy, Beehive. Radio shout is stepping in the building. I got my Memphis 10 partner in the building, man. Skinny Pimp, what's good with it, boss? What it do, Beehive? I mean, feeling good, feeling great. I mean, welcome to the A. I mean, what brings you around these parts, big dog? Man, you know, man, I'm, I love the A, so I'm around this way. You yes, me? sir. <laughs> oh, and you brought me around, you know. I you, can. You know. You told me to come through, man, but I was coming through anyway. Already, <laughs> man. Let's take it straight from the top, though, Skinny. That I mean, up. coming out of that North Memphis. Mm-hmm. Dixie home. Mm-hmm. Break down that experience for a player, man. Man. Uh, well, I was, like, born right by the alley near Dixie home. You know, we had yeah. a house that was in the alley behind Darrell Wells and them house. Yeah. Darrell Wells played drums for Al Green. Mm-hmm. And we was born, like, right behind his house. Okay. And it was cool, man. Just, it was hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Real North Memphis shit. <laughs> I can do it. No, no, you can tell oh, okay, me how you okay. feel like. Okay, yeah, real North Memphis shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Live it to know it type shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, talk about the music. I mean, how the hell did you get into the game, though? Okay. Now we're going to skip to the project, the Hurt Village project. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I used to sit in the window and um, listen to... Let me uh, let me say that now it's before her. Okay, I used to um go to Herms Junior High, mm-hmm. Herms Junior High, and uh we used to just sit around and beatbox. I used to be when back back in the day when people used to beatbox and yeah, rap in the lunchroom and all that, and uh, I used to just write my raps, man. I, I to be honest with you, I used to sit behind a a real killer <laughs> in school. I used to sit in the front. He sit behind me. Yeah. I ain't gonna mention no names of who he is and all that. Yeah. But um and we just sit and write reps. Yeah. And um I just you, you had to come hard. You if you went to Hearns Junior High, yeah, you had to be hard or a nigga gonna beat the brakes off. <laughs> Especially when you when you walk home from school or get a transfer. You know exactly. what I mean? Transfer from another school and you walk home and you go through Smoke City. Yeah. They sitting out there with them Cadillac built buckles, man, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just write a lot of stuff that I came up listening to. I mean, being around and listening to different other artists that was before my time, like Ball and G. Yeah. I used to sit in the projects in the top window and um, listen to them pl- getting played on the radio, Psycho, mm-hmm. Homicide, mm-hmm. Ball, G, Gangsta Pat, mm-hmm. Spanish Fly. Mm-hmm. All them mm-hmm. guys, and I, I always wanted to be there. That's right. You know, so I got to walk. I mean, what kind of an impact did folks like Ball and G and Squeaky and all them have on you, though, man? To me, they was, like, real hot. I never knew what was the biggest you can get in the music business back then, but yeah. to me, they was the biggest. Yeah. You know what I mean? So by me being able to get around them, I felt like I had already made it, you know? Yeah. And I did because, like, that, was, that put me on in Memphis. Yeah. I was so ready to go. It's like Squeaky put me in the room. He was like, y'all ready? Let's write this song here. Looking for the tune. 
So I'm the first guy finished. They still in there writing. I'm like, I'm done. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what was that scene like in Memphis back then, though? I mean, was it a strong hip-hop scene? Because, you know, down here in Atlanta, it was a real booty shake scene going on at that time. It was an underground gangster. <laughs> if I remember, gangster, selling dope, weed, yeah. smoking, and it was just gangster, you know what I mean? Um you know what I'm saying? Before the evil stuff started coming through, they yeah. started doing it. was just straight gangster. Like, because when I went over to Squeaky House, we was all just like, just hood niggas doing whatever, whatever it takes to make it, you know, to yeah. get it. And we weren't really worried about no money. We were just doing it just because we love it. Yeah. Now, when you speak of DJ Squeaky, man, for those who don't really know who he is, could you explain who the legendary DJ Squeaky is? Squeaky is the first producer I ever heard to make them hard beats with the hi-hats going in them. Uh-huh. And another Yeah. So everybody really came up off Squeaky Sound. I don't know about Slice T and all them guys, but they were hard too. Yeah. But to me, Squeaky was the first one that had that gangster sound with that bass in it, that snarl. Everybody else was doing like some them type of hi-hats, 1-8. Squeaky had the 116, the 132, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he was hard. He had that bass. Just he's had his big ass speaker in his house. Yeah, and he had so much bass, and it just reminds you of hustling and flow so much. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's take it to the first album, though, man. Pimps and Robbers. Drop it off. I mean, bangers. Mm-hmm. What was it like putting that thing together? Oh, Pimps and Robbers. That song was like. It was. I felt like I was like sign. I felt like I signed my first deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I was with a manager that had owned the club and. We ended up getting with these people at uh, Outlaw and all that. And I just, we was at, we, I think Jazzy Faye and all them guys was around back then. Yeah. He used to come to me singing my raps in my ear and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I felt like shit. I was the, I was the hottest nigga out back exactly. then. I was, the, you know, the Yo Gotti of the city, the young Dolph. You feel That's me? crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, what was the reception, though, when you stepped out there at that time? Shit, I, I just, I didn't, I didn't really know what to think of it. I was just. Hot. Yeah, yeah. I was straight out the project, you know? Mm-hmm. So at that time, I just I wasn't even looking at it like, hey, I'm the hot, one of the hottest rappers in in Memphis right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just my turn. Everybody had their turn. Everybody got their turn. Yeah. Now, like, speaking of the club situation, though, I mean, bumping out of that club, how did that influence your career and help you to kind of pipe it up a little bit more in Memphis? Um, The club scene was more like the movie scene. It's like we were just really... It's like I was so hot. I had this song called ABC. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do it, the whole crowd sing it. Yeah. And all my songs, they were singing it. So we had Juicy, Paul, and Squeaky. Mm-hmm. They was the uh, DJs. So to me, Squeaky was the hardest one. Then Paul was like the little young, the rookie that was coming in. Yeah. That was He was hard now. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but he was like the young one. Yeah. Then Juicy was niche to the hardest. Yeah. But everybody had their own area. Like Paul, when he get his... Music to plan. He had Blackhaven and yeah, and then South Memphis kind of mixed in. Mm-hmm. Juicy had North Memphis mm-hmm. and Squeaky had Orange Mile. Mm. So I'm the rapper. I walk around so make down with the ice gang, <laughs> and you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just sitting in the club, work, just hanging out, drinking. Yeah. First thing get started, we finna fight. <laughs> we finna turn up. You know what I mean? So. It just was real hood, man. It shit was hood. Like, yeah, it was something unexplained. Like like Paul said in one uh, in the interview earlier, mm-hmm. man, 
we used to be dragging guards and stuff in. They had real shootouts, like at the club, and I used to be guards get shot, we'd be dragging them in. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I mean, how was it coming up in that kind of an environment, though? Because you're trying to make this music, but you got this real street life going on at the same time where you could be facing penitentiary time or just the graveyard. That what made the music. Yeah. Like, we'll just go on that type of shit happen. We go straight in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going, coming out with it, and people were just buying it, you know what I mean? Already. Yeah, we was really into it. Like, we was, we was at it. We were going at it. Paul, Juicy, and me. Then we was into it, like, squeaking, circling back yeah. in the day. But it was some old crazy stuff, but that's the shit we were rapping about. That's right. That shit was real. Cranking out them underground tapes with that boy DJ Squeaky, man. What yeah, was Squeak, that like? Squeak was like my first producer, man. So we none of us knew the business back then. We yeah. just were doing it. You know what I mean? Like if Squeaky knew everything he knew now, yeah. Back then he probably probably like would have been took off way back in the days. Yeah. Even Paul, they learned the business on down the line. You know what I mean? But nobody really knew the business. Nobody, not even Reggie Boyle or none. None of the guys really knew it all the way like they supposed to. So yeah. we all was freestyling. And the first person got wrong in the building. When nobody know the building, the first time you think somebody the fucked over, you ready to go <laughs> home. Oh, hell, break it loose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, linking up with Paul and Juicy, man. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, it was a big old club scene one day with me and Squeaking. Mm-hmm. And we had gotten to it and all this and that. So there's a lot of stuff happening at the club. You know, I ain't gonna mention all the stuff that happened at the club, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, me and Squeak was into each other, so I ended up going to my baby mama house. Mm-hmm. And um, they was like, man, uh, this skinny, you done did this, you done did that. You know what I'm saying? So I just stood, I laid low and went over to Paul's house the next day because Homicide the one hooked me up with Paul. Yeah. A lot of people don't know who Homicide is. That's one of the most gangsters nigga from Westwood. With a name like Homicide, he got to be. Yeah, like. He got the taxi, we're all in the neck. He down there got the same, well, Paul got the same taxi. He got like the yeah. big Bob wearing all that. He was like the big brother. Yeah. So, Sad took me over Paul house, and we ended up going straight in on squeaking. <coughs> yeah. So, we went straight in on squeaking. Mm-hmm. And really, me and squeaking, they were going back and forth at each other. They were dissing us, we were dissing them. This was before the pocket big stuff. And we used to see each other. We Thumping, jacking, whatever happened, it's happening. It's going down. Whenever we see each other, it's going down right then. Yeah. So that what built us up in Memphis. Like, damn, these niggas really into it. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Like, Skinner was over here with Squeaky, A-Ball, MJG, Psycho, Homicide. These niggas hard as fuck. Yeah. And then I ended up leaving, going over here with Powell now. Yeah. And then it brought them up. Powell was known, but Powell and them were like, used to just take our songs and put it on their stuff. Mm-hmm. And Juicy put out our songs on his stuff, and we were like, man, we're going to go get them niggas. <laughs> <laughs> man, who this nigga is coming putting our shit out? Yeah. So we went up to uh, we went up to uh, Hillcrest looking for power. We ready to get power. Yeah. So we found out he was like a young dude just. Just trying to make it. Yeah. So we're like, oh, man. <laughs> but that was before we, me and Squeaky got into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when me and Squeaky and them got into it, we went over Powerhouse the next day, me and Homicide. And we started recording. Yeah. Yeah. And that was once we brought that song, Paul was hard. He was like scratching and Yeah. Then next thing you know, Juicy come knocking on the door like, damn, Adam on the team too then. Mm-hmm. So that's Juicy ended up coming over and he ended up being in our little clip. 
Yeah. So the squeaky nose pick against our pick. So me, Paul, Juicy, Homicide, then Squeaky, Zerk, Kilo, Ball and MJG, they weren't really in it. They were just doing their thing, you know what yeah. I mean? I think they had went to Texas or something. Mm-hmm. But we were just going at it. We see each other in the mall, whatever, we were going at it. So that's what made the music so yeah. gangster and hard, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, class is like king of the players ball, man. Yeah, that was way before then. Talk to me about that, man. All right, so Paul and them had their group called Trip, uh, Serial Killers. Mm-hmm. And then I think that when he ended up starting Three Six Mafia. No, Mafia Six. No, not Mafia Six. Uh-huh. Triple Six Mafia. Mm-hmm. And I had Give Me Some Family. That was my clip. Yeah. So um, we used to do music together. And once we used to do our shit together, um, I ended up going to Houston for a while. And Paul's working on Mr. Styles. So I was dealing with rap a lot. I'm like, shit, I'm going to get with rap a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because rap a lot was the shit. And still is the shit to me. Yeah. I always be the shit. Mm-hmm. So um, rap a lot was running stuff for all these. In the side. Yeah. Yeah. So we all grew up with rap a lot. I used to hang out with this guy named Lil Seed and Lil Seal and Ridge. They was like the, the big boys in the town who ride all the clean whips and stuff. Yeah. And uh, they used to always have a whole collection of rap a lot music. So we used to jam rap a lot, Big Mellow and Pimp C. Um, what's the other guy now? He, he used to be just like Pimp C. He, he sounds just like Pimp C. Um, I forgot his name. Big Mike? Mm-mm, Big Mike. We used to bump him too, but Big Mike was on down the line. Yeah. It was uh, Secrets of the Temple. I forgot his uh-huh. name. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know exactly who you're talking about yeah, on that Yeah, <laughs> he was hard though. <laughs> Secrets of the Temple. But anyway, um, we used to jam all day music. Gangsta Nip and um, all them guys. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I ended up going to rap a lot, I was happy as hell to be at rap a lot. Cause I was like, man, I'm finna make it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Here. So um, Do or Die. And it was like right when Do or Die and all them came out. Yeah. And I stood, they line was so long. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, I gotta go back to Memphis. So I ended up shooting back to Memphis. And then we ended up doing the King of the Player Ball with Paul. Yeah. So I'm gonna sign with my brother, man. This is my family. Mm-hmm. Sign with him. When I ended up signing with Paul and Juicy. Yeah. And came out with King of the Players Ball. I mean, looking for the chewing. Y'all ain't no killers. I mean, some bangers and some classics right there, man. Tell me what it was like putting them things together. Looking for the chewing's already a hit. Yeah. Me, Ball, and G, all us had did that. So it was a hit. Yeah. But Paul liked my verse so much. He was like, man, let's do this, John. Oh. Yeah. He made the beat all. Bam, we, we went from there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't no killers. <laughs> I used to be a real Tupac fan. Yeah. So uh, when I bumped Y'all Ain't No Killers, I used to like the Outlaw. They're my guys. I used to love the Outlaw. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, um, I wanted that scratch. I said, man, I want this in there. Yeah. Killers by Soldiers got bodies flowing in the river. So I had really, I wrote all my whole CD, the whole King of the Playoffs Ball CD. Mm-hmm. I wrote half of it over my Auntie Shirley house. Yeah. And I wrote the other half in Houston at my uh, folks' staying house. Mm-hmm. Stan was like an old guy who had this big ass mansion. He let me move in. And yeah. Like, I want you to make it, you know what I mean? So, I was down there kicking with Stan, and Slick Slick was his son, which is a rapper out of um, Memphis that stayed in Houston. Mm-hmm. So, we was going to sign with Rap a lot and yeah. call ourselves SNS. Mm-hmm. And um, Pimp C, he wanted to sign me. Yeah. So, Pimp C was like, man, boy, y'all come over my house. So we went to Pimp C house. We didn't know who was going to go rap a lot of Pimp C. Yeah. So um, we ended up 
not going with no neither one. Mm-hmm. But we was all still cool with everybody, you know. Yeah, I mean, rocking with the pimp, man. I mean, pimp, pimp. Still, you know, he was that guy, still is yes, that guy, uh, man. Pimp was like, what you doing over here, boy? <laughs> he had the glass <laughs> off. He's like, look, real little young dude, but he was cool as hell. He had two men slick over his house, and he was making this hard-ass beat, man. And um, he had his own studio inside this wooden house right in uh, Port Arthur. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he, he was just hanging out. Every time I see Pimp, man, we just hang out and kick it, man, him and Bone, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, One Life to Live, shooting that video, man. I mean, how did you feel when you jumped out there, you know, putting it, putting the visual behind the music? One Life to Live, that video though, I was like, my video was like the first video Three Six Mafia ever shot mm-hmm. because I was hot at this time. I was hotter than the whole group, you know yeah. what I mean, right then mm-hmm. at that point because everybody used to think that they were signed to me. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. But we was doing that video the same time Master P was doing his first show. Mm. Yo, let me say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Master P used to... We did a show in Nashville at Club Malibu before it got burned down. Mm-hmm. Master P was riding a, um, a tour bus with an ice cream truck falling behind him. <laughs> <laughs> and we was doing our video. We was in a little profit van with the Reapers and all that stuff on it. Yeah. And we ended up doing my video in this old tour penitentiary. Yeah. And they was like, man, we want you to see this electric chair and this chair. And still had peace at the bottom of that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a little thing. You still see the pee in that motherfucker. Anyway, we shot the video on the literature and man, it was fun. Yeah. Like, man, my first video. Exactly. I made it. <laughs> How was Memphis reacting to that when you dropped that though? Stupid crazy. Yeah. I had opened up my record store and I saw some of the records. I had to get a folder, like a five folder. Yeah. And every time, you know, I just twenty dollars twenty. I said, you know something, we're gonna have all these tapes and see all these tapes and see No tape. We had all the tapes mm. and put one right there. Like, somebody come in, man, you got that new skin <laughs> Last one. Yeah. Hey, what you want? $30. <laughs> <laughs> they would buy, they would pay whatever for that motherfucker. And right today, mm-hmm. they'll pay, like, I still sell signed copies of it, you know, not to be getting over a number, it's just the love of the, the music. The, yeah, the music. Yeah. I still sell signed copies of that CD right now for like $60. Some dude trying to offer me 100 for it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I mean, the Rap Dope Game album, man. Oh, man. Talk to me about it. Oh, that was like, that album that was recorded um, with, what, Rap Hustlers? Mm. sign and all them. Um, It was just a cool album. Mm-hmm. Just decent type of shit. But going back and forth, power now. Yeah. Yeah. What was going through your mind, though, man, when y'all and all came up in the game together and you look up and now folk got beat? You say, when I look up and everybody got beef? Yeah. Well, I really say beef. Rap beef is all right. Because niggas be trying to outflow a nigga and go at it with a nigga. Street beef is different. Because yeah. once you touch somebody, that's when it begins. Yeah. If you don't put your hands on nobody, everything's just going at it. That's right. That's, that's right. real sick. That's how I've been. Because that's how I can remember. Because we was beefing before Pac and Biggie. So if, as long as we were going at it, it's, man, we could just go in at it. But first time... Somebody hand for to touch somebody. Got shit, real. That's when the fights, the guns, and all that shit go down. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Back to the players' ball. Back to the players' ball. Back to the players' ball. Talk to me about it. That's when, after I felt like P 
people owed me money and this and that, man. I had to get some of my money back, so I had to get up with um, certain people, man, and put that album out. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started seeing real money off my music, yeah. dealing with Selecto and all them folks. Mm-hmm. That album was tight, had my, all my guys. It's like it's, it made me feel more independent. Yeah, bringing yeah. my own stuff out, and it's so so good independent. All my stuff was selling good independent. You know, I sold over like. Four hundred thousand, not even knowing I saw that money. Crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. What was it like maneuvering in the game, independent though? Um, hard as hell. Cause me, it's like I didn't really get to learn the business until I started getting older. Mm-hmm. So me, I always live by the motto: Hey, if these niggas ain't finna pay me, man. I don't give a fuck what kind of contract he got me on. Yeah, I'll let you lay down. Sue me. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just the, the motto I had because, like, well, I ain't got shit. What you going to sue me out of? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sue me. Yeah. So I was living like that for a minute, you know, and I was like, I was so used to selling my rights to shit. Like, man, hey, like, this nigga, like, if you put this album out, they, the shit ain't finna do nothing. But as soon as you say, hey, well, give me 70000 for it. Mm-hmm. You give me 70000 as you know, that motherfucker get the roll. I'm like, damn, this nigga, oh, this nigga made 400000 on my shit. You see what I'm saying? So then I had to stop doing this shit. So I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm going to have to chill out yeah. and just think and, you know, make make my music for long jeopardy. And exactly. It's all about your rights and saving your publishing and just owning your shit, period. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to go through the struggle. Yeah, yeah. And another thing, when I was getting this money, mm-hmm. I was like just getting this money fast, so it yeah. was like bam, bam, bam. Just you know, I didn't, I didn't really learn the business till I got older. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, coming up in the game as a youngster and pretty much growing up in the game at the same time, mm-hmm. what are some things that you would do differently if you could go back and switch it up? Man, too much shit. First of all, I wouldn't be going. <laughs> I'm saying for my personal shit for my book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've been saving that money and, uh, you know, um, investing that money mm. back into the music. That's the most, that's the most, the worst mistake I ever made. It's like a couple of mistakes I made, like um, starting back from dropping out of school. Yeah. Shit, I would have yeah. kept going to school just to, a nigga putting this paperwork in your face. You ain't just, oh, fuck what they say. <laughs> I know what they say. They say 20000 Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, you know, just. Be able to get a lawyer, you know what I mean? I wasn't even thinking about no lawyer. Yeah. Every artist in the game need a lawyer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some kind of way. I don't, you don't have to get them until you get to a certain step in the uh, business, like paperwork-wise. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you need your lawyer. Don't read Don't read nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't even look at it. Unless you want to look at it. But me, I'm like a lawyer now. Yeah. I done went through so many country. <laughs> Shit, I can tell y'all the muscle. What's in it? Oh, it ain't? Uh-uh. Yeah. Send yeah. it to Vinny. You know, man, my lawyer from down here. Mm-hmm. I got Vinny Coolmore. Yes, sir. Send it to Vinny. A lot of folks consider you one of the most influential coming out of the city, man. Mm-hmm. Tell me, how do you feel about your legacy as far as how you put it down in the end? Man, I feel like I'm a trendsetter, man. Yeah. Everybody might be trying to flow like me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't knock them. But I, don't, I, I really don't like for a nigga to try to rap my style and then don't come fuck with me, though. Uh, don't take off and don't come fuck with me. Now. Yeah. <laughs> You, and then you're going to shout me out and say, hey, I'm using this nigga. No, man, that's, that's man, don't do that. Yeah. I put yeah. my son on your ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Real talk. I my can... son flowing. Yeah, yeah. So so um, a lot of niggas flow, 
Mm-hmm. And 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 a lot of niggas don't even know this, this where it come from. They just learn it just by listening to everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But mean, see me, I can tell you, uh, I listen to MC Ren. Yeah, MC Ren took it to this much, and I took it from that much and went to that much with it. That's right. If he go, nanny, I go. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. That's where I really feel like it started from him, and on the singing tip, it started from Marvin Gaye. Yeah. I see some people in there, they don't bother me. Yeah. So, been flowing, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you think about the history of just the music and the culture in Memphis all together, mm-hmm. how do you feel like it has changed from then to now? Oh, yeah. They got their own little flows now. It's, I kind of like it, though. I ain't going to lie to you. Yeah. I heard this dude named T.P. the other day. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in the studio, and we was all hanging out over there. Um, my boy Skywalker in the studio. Yeah. Now, um, this dude was sitting there. He was, he looked like Big. He was just sitting back there waiting on somebody. <laughs> I know. I, I knew y'all said I'm skinny for him. I know I got some flow. Don't get it twisted. I, I said appreciate you getting your shit. Yeah. But I'm going to sit back. I ain't going to be no damn food dropping that water. You know yeah. what I mean? This nigga just go. Boom. He just go etching. Yeah. And, and he had his style, and he wasn't writing shit. Yeah. I like that. These mm. niggas just go in there and drop some shit. But I don't think about it. They just... Dropping and dropping it, then ain't nothing being recorded. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Go back there and record this. So you just yeah. did a whole mixtape, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I like the style. I like today's style. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they just need to do something with it because a lot of niggas tight, mm-hmm. but they ain't got that business behind them. That's right. I ain't saying he don't have it behind them, but a lot of rappers be like, okay, what's the next step? They be hard. They pay for their beat. Yeah. And and But what's the next step? Mm-hmm. Okay, go get your business license. I'll get your tone core account. I'm gonna show y'all being independent with it right quick. Get exactly. your numbers. Up. I'm gonna show y'all get your numbers up. You know, and a lot of these young niggas be trying to get game from me for free. I ain't going. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no. Some niggas I will. I get you to a certain amount until you say, okay, I'm gonna fuck with you. Yeah. Everybody know they can afford to. Yeah. Take off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if they ain't got their game on point. Man, don't even come at me like that, man. If you if you messed up and you trying to learn it, then I might teach you. Yeah. But if I know you got the the right boost, you out here blowing all your money on, on that cushion, yeah. all that, whatever. Come on, man, give me some of that. Exactly. Real talk. Folks like Gotti, Snooty, Dolph. I mean, how do you feel about the new Memphis Raising Hell now? Hot. Because, I mean, hot. they putting that thing on the map a little hard, too, yes, man. Sir. Yes, sir. It's like the night is all over again. Yes, yes, it is. Talk to me about it. Gotti, seeing him just come up from, you know, I used to produce Gotti movies when he was a kid, so seeing him. Just take out like this, like, damn. You know what I mean? Talk to me about that. I mean, seeing a young guy, man, and to see the way he done got to now, what goes to your mind when you remember the time? It's, uh, I can't wait to sit down with God when I see him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't really seen God in a minute, though, because I'm, I'm the type, I don't just go running up behind nobody. You yeah. know what I mean? But I respect everybody. Exactly. Real talk, no matter what. So seeing God being this little coming in the studio, my studio, and this dude might have his bankroll like this. At this, at his like pulled up in his colors, of, you know. Yeah. At, in the nineties, in back in ninety six. Yeah. Paying for his own studio time. I ain't know how to meet school and all this shit, but I'm like, come on, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that shit was helping me pay my record store bill. You yeah. Know? And you know, God, he he cold, man. Yeah. But Dolph, I like Dolph too. Yeah. Yeah. Dolph here. Yeah. Yeah. I like both of them, man. Snooty. Yeah. I like Snooty style. I think Snooty style did a little style here by doing. 
list. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where it came from. I think you the first one I heard do it. That style they be like down the sound like what's doing now? Uh, Fetty Wap style. Yeah, Fetty, yeah. Fetty. Nah, mm-hmm. skinny. When you was doing your music, what was your creative process when you was going in that studio and laying stuff down? My creative process was, like I said, taking the flow long, man. Yeah. Like the bitches be calling me sometimes they never be talking about shit, just be looking for D. If I got dick on the track and for sales, a little mama don't act like you making me bail. I beat up a bitch and I shoot up a nigga because I'm so addicted to making them figures. I'm dodging the pen, but I'm dirty as hell. Slanging and banging, but still making mail. Young niggas riding clean 22, 23, 24, 26 is all this shit. What it is, what it be, look like a lick. Some of these niggas just flodge like a bitch. Like just going, you know? I just flow. Cold. And me, I just go at it, you know. I I just write a lot of flow. So that I feel like that flowing. I was flowing back in the days on tapes. Yeah. But we all grew up off MC Ren. Uh-huh. And not just MC Ren, see I was locked up in juvenile with some niggas from Las Vegas. Yeah. And they was uh they were from Don Donna Street. Yeah. They was doing feed time for burning down the hotel. And uh they was flowing. Yeah. Just like MC Ren. Uh. And I said, them niggas got that from MC Ren. Yeah, yeah. So our teacher, and when I was in juvenile, I te- my teacher, when you go to her class, she'll make you just, all you do, you go in her classroom. I'm locked up now. Yeah. And you sit down, she say, all right, get out your paper. Write me five pages or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And as you know, you come back the next day, write me ten pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm saying, you're like, damn, yeah. you're writing anything. Yeah. I want to see the shit I wrote. I don't remember what I wrote. <laughs> Then write me 50 pages. Mm. I just started writing me some raps. Fuck this yeah. shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it just tightened me up, man. Yeah. When you look up, man, and you performing your songs and you flowing, man, and you seeing the crowd going crazy right along with you, man, what was going through your mind when y'all was turning up like that? Yeah. Man, <laughs> that shit was stupid crazy. I was, I was rocking show with church pants on. <laughs> MJG too. Yeah. MJG's heavy pants way up here. We <laughs> I was like, we were rocking show with church pants on, bro. And it was just seeing the crowd go crazy, man. Just I was like, damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh DJ Zerk, he was like one of the guys that started me out. He was like him and Squeak were like buddy buddy. Yeah. And um like he was like, Man, I like this guy. He the one took me over to Squeaky House and mm-hmm. and I just went loose, man. But he my first show was at Studio G. Yeah. And everybody was gangster walking, going crazy, and bam, bam, bam. Shit, man, I was, like, shocked myself. But Pretty Tony? Yeah. Pretty Tony, like, he used to be, like, the neighborhood guy. We used to be in the projects, and he used to pull up in his band, and he used to just jump out and... <laughs> and crank it up. We were out there selling dope. We seen yeah. him jumping out. Like, Get books and we like shit. We wanna be like pretty Tony. Exactly. Guys, you know what I'm saying? Pretty Tony jumped right in the bin. Yeah. Jumped out. He he go he'll pull in where he'll pull up at the school. <laughs> Playing him. I'm pretty Tony. Go Memphis. Get fucked. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite memories from that time, man? Being in the projects, man. Uh, just coming from the projects, man. It was just hard. Everybody in the projects was like family. So yeah. And just um, learning how to do that shit, man, and being a part of it. That was my favorite part of it. We were so crazy, though, because, like, Juicy J, mm-hmm. he used to put out music on his tape. I used to be like, man, we didn't know the shit. Nobody knows shit. We'd be like, hey, man, Juicy got our shit on his tape. Yeah. Me and 211. 211, the nigga I used to rap with. So be like, man, fuck this shit, man. Let's call this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> he sitting out there with a TIG-9 in the project. 
just, I don't know what two got to take from. We just sitting out there a little bit in the project. I had a long ass curl dripping everywhere. Yeah. I said, Mike, call this nigga. Hey, man, what's up, Juicy? This skin film, man. What, what the fuck, man? What you doing, my shit on your tape? I said, what, man? My shit, man. I just put it on there. You know what I'm saying? I said, nigga, nigga, man, you need to get some motherfucking money, nigga, off our shit, nigga. He said, man, all right, bro, shit, man. What y'all want, man? What y'all want? Said, hold up, nigga, hold up. Say, two, what you want? We whispering out. Nigga, give us $30. <laughs> <laughs> That's how crazy we Yeah, yeah. That's the Memphis shit, man. We was just doing it for the love. You know, yeah. we didn't know the shit. So, yeah. What was it like being around that many talented folks, though, man? Because, I mean, you saying 8-Ball, MJG, 3-Sit Mafia, Skinny, Pimp, man. I mean, those are some legendary names in the South period, point blank. And what was it like coming up in the mix with all of y'all being in that thing, just making that music? Man, it's like history. Every time we get together, it's history. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Al Capone. It's like everybody had their time. Like Gangsta Pat, he had his time. Al Capone had his time. God and them got their time right now. Yeah. I mean, just, but when everybody come together, yeah, it's like the whole world going to be like, oh, let's see what they got going. I mean, are folks thinking about trying to get back together like that or what? Has there been talks? Uh, I ain't never seen nobody do it unless somebody do it on a sneak tip and just putting niggas on songs. Yeah. Like a Gotti or a Dolph or somebody. They can do it whenever they get ready, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like the young niggas, though. They like kicking with young niggas. And yeah. The old niggas like kicking with old niggas. What do you think about that generational divide? Because it's the same thing going on in the A2 where you'll look up you got the OGs that then kind of pretty much, because at the end of the day, if y'all didn't get busy in Memphis, it wouldn't be no Memphis hip-hop scene, period. So with that being said, on top of that, the young folk, they got to know where they got the style and the game from. Because guess what? Skinny, three, six, eight ball, squeaky, they inspired them to get busy. Mm-hmm. What do you think causes that divide between the young and the old, just in the Hip hop community in general. The flow steady change. Mm. The flow, it's the same flow, but it's changed. It's different. It's like, like when I was going to do a flow the other day. I was in there with my little cousin, Darion. Mm-hmm. Little Darion said, like, he, man, Pim, I'm hard now, man. You got to listen to me. You got to listen to me. I said, okay. I already checked him out anyway. So um, he was bumping, but I was going to drop my song. So I'm laying there flowing. Mm-hmm. He said, like, like, oh, 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 say that line. Skip, leave, leave some space right there and come in right here with that same flow. Mm-hmm. So kick, piece your flow up right here and instead of bringing it right behind up, put it right here. Yeah. That's some space being there. So it's some type of little yeah. style that they do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And it's hard. It's hard as fuck. And they punch in. Then say, man, come back and say something different. You can laugh. You ain't got to rap right there. Yeah. Say something. Yeah. I said, cool. So I'm practicing that little flow yeah. with my shit right now. Already. Mm-hmm. Now, other things outside of hip-hop, what were some of the other endeavors that you thought about getting into or just cranking up yourself? Um, besides hip-hop, like animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to do animation and uh, management. Mm-hmm. Well, besides hip-hop. Yeah. Animation. Okay. Movies. I want to do a movie called You Got to Live It to Know. Mm-hmm. That's really going to break down everything what you, we was just talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've been writing a book. Mm-hmm. But my main thing it's the animation. I'm yeah. real good at cartoon. Yeah. What made you decide to get into the animation? Because I was drawing and rapping at the same time. I was, I've was. i been just as good as drawing. I mean, I've just been, I've been good at drawing, 
as well as rapping. Yeah. That's like same shit. So I'm just as good. And um when I was young in the seventh grade I used to do um I used to do uh cartoons back then, but I just it was a different way of doing it. We used to take pictures we'll draw it and yeah. cut it out, take pictures. I was in Miss Rebury class. Yeah. And so I always been a hard draw. Yeah. Mm. So I started fucking with it and Okay. Now, movies like Hustle and Flow, mm -hmm. when you think of yourself as a skinny pimp and then you see that movie come out, how do you feel about that when you see that portraying, that, that portrait that they painted of Memphis with that movie? Mm. I was mad as hell. <laughs> oh, man. She, man, I was ready to be some mad. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, really, I didn't know, though. Somebody called me and said, hey, come down to this thing, man. We doing a little, um, we doing a little uh, thing called Pimpin' in Memphis. This is my boy named Trey. Yeah. So we doing something called Pimpin' in Memphis. I said, right, I'm going to come down and check it out. But they had already did an audition for um, a pimp who want to be a rapper or some shit who want to do an audition. I was like, that's me. So yeah. I ain't never go down. I was like, fuck it. I was doing some other shit. Mm -hmm. So when dude got me down there, I started doing the audition, and then I was like, "Man, these niggas, like these niggas, talk about me in this motherfucker." <laughs> <laughs> I was mad as hell. Yeah, I was sitting in that barber just trying to scope it down and listen. You know, I know Luda. I grew up. I used to do drops for Luda back when he was Chris Lover Lover and yeah, Coon Dad. I know Coon Dad. Yeah, Emphasize. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So seeing everybody in the movie, I'm like, I'm sitting back. I'm not saying they talking about me, you know. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Whoever this guy behind the shit. Yeah. Mm hmm So I was mad as hell. Uh I mean, how did the hell did you deal with that angle seeing that stuff though when you thinking, hey man, this my life right here? Lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went straight to try to put a lawsuit on them folks and um uh, by me being a public figure. Uh couldn't do nothing. I mean, do you still think about still telling your story though? Yes, sir. I'm writing it down right now on my phone. How you got to live it to know. Now, when you talk about you got to live it to know, I mean, I know you don't want to give away all the goods, but could you give me some of the juice out of there, though, Skinny? That's a lot of juice in that motherfucker. Yeah. It, it's some drama. It's some uh, funny shit in there. Yeah. It's some hard living shit. It's some real evil shit. It's some godly stuff. Yeah. It's some everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just some everything. But like I said, the, the, the part with juice and... Paul and me and Squeaky and Zerk and that's one part. Then you got Paul and me ra getting raised by my granddad and all that growing up. That's one part. Then you got the part with these folks, the hustle and flow scene. That's yeah. one part. All kind of. I got a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you could do it all over again, would you do it all over again or would you go a whole different route? Different route, but not all of it. Uh -huh. Some of it, this is what made me, you feel me? Yeah. So... Some of it I would like just the business wise, the school, yeah, stuff like that. Other than that, everything else cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What's next for you though, Skinny? And then also that jump, man, with you and Eight Ball and MJG, man, that new banger. <laughs> Tell me about it. I I had this investor guy, man. He's he's a big fan mm -hmm. of Midnight Hoes. Yeah. And he was like, he always used to tell me, man, I don't even do that midnight hoes though. <laughs> One day I was in Houston, he ended up calling me like, man, man, I'm finna pay for this motherfucker. <laughs> do this motherfucker. So he, he That's crazy. Like, 
So he was like, shit, come on in. I'm going to pay for everything. Let's do it. So that's what I did. I mean, you know, when they got the sample, the, I got the thermometer, which is the nine inches. Uh-huh. How do you feel when you got legendary lyrics that got to be sampled and chopped and screwed and everything else and remixed into different songs? If I wasn't getting that money for it, I would feel like, this nigga gonna sample my shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a club, but nobody never knew who it was. Some, well, not everywhere, but the people who know me, they knew. Yeah. You know, I was mad. <laughs> I always get mad when people sample my shit and don't pay me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit, hell, like, can't nobody blame you for that. What's next for you, though, Skinny? Um, animation. Mm-hmm. Bringing out some new artists. Yeah. Um. Trying to open up some type of family business mm-hmm. for my family because I want to open up some where my family can be like some they can grow up where the other family that's after them yeah. can run the same business. You know, mm-hmm. keep going. Yeah. That's my mind thing. That's right. Some traditional. Already. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to get off your chest though? Yep. Talk to me. I want to give a shout out to my little stubborn ass nephew. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my little nephew, yeah. Dre. My little nephew, Dre, and Ding of mine. Yeah. Get on your shit. Stop playing. That's right. Yeah. That's about it. And I love y'all, and do not test me that bullshit no more. <laughs> For real. Learn the business. Already, man. I appreciate you coming uh, yeah. through this thing, my dog. Wishing nothing but the best and much success.